Happy steamy Monday to everybody. Isn't it wonderful outside? If you live in the Midwest or the South, oh, this is the best weather. Man, it, 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 the, the air outside is so thick you could cut it with a knife. I mean, the humidity in the air. I had to run some errands this morning, and every time I would get out of the car, uh, you know, in the air conditioner in the car, uh, immediately my glasses would fog up. Don't you love it when that happens? You know, I grew up in Southern California, and I never realized until I moved to the Midwest how much those poor people out in California miss. You know, they don't get this this humidity, which is, you know, just such a part of summer. Everybody should have enjoy the humidity. And then in the wintertime, they don't, they don't know what ice and snow is. Oh, you got to feel sorry for them. Well, anyway, welcome to Monday. This is Bob Bro. Welcome to the best old-time radio podcast, and on Mondays, we feature comedies, and we have a great one for you today, a really great one, and so we invite you to make yourself comfortable and get situated, because we're going to introduce our show in just a moment. Monday, Monday, can't trust that day, Monday, Monday. It just turns out that way. Oh, Monday, Monday, won't go away. Monday, Monday, it's here to stay. Oh, Monday, Monday. Something appalling, something for everyone, a comedy tonight. Nothing with kings, nothing with crowns. Bring on the lovers, liars, and clowns. Ah! Situation, no complications. Nothing portentous or polite. Ready tomorrow, comedy tonight. <laughs> On the Comedy Corner this week, we are going to play an episode of probably my favorite comedy show, and, and there's a good chance it's yours too, and that's the Jack Benny Show. And there were so many running gags on Benny that were just great. Of course, his, his miserliness, the uh, drinking of Phil Harris and, and the band members, Dennis Day's naivete, you know, his childlike demeanor. Uh, just so many running jokes that were so great. The Maxwell. One of the things that I think was the creme de la creme of all the great ideas they had on The Benny Show was putting Ronald Coleman and his wife, Benita Hume, as next-door neighbor. <laughs> it was hilarious. Just hilarious. 
And it all started in January 1945, and that's the episode we're going to play for you tonight. Now, it's so funny because Benny is so against type to Ronald and Benita Coleman, and yet he wants their approval, yet at the same time, he, in every way, assumes he's their equal. Now, when I say equal, I mean in, in, in terms of, of his manners and his graciousness and his, of course, stardom. And it's just really, really hilarious. Well, in the show, the Coleman's were to, uh, supposed to have lived next door. It was so funny that the many things that Ronald Coleman would see out his window and comment to Benita... Of course, he would never approach Jack on his complaint. Jack was always borrowing things from him. A cup of sugar here, a lawnmower there. Just every day there was something he was borrowing. And that became a running joke. And the fact that Coleman couldn't talk to Benny about it, and so he would unload on poor Benita. It was just hilarious. Well, the name of the episode tonight is Dinner at the Coleman's. And this is the way the whole scene between Jack and the Coleman's started. Now, kids, I know we've been working pretty hard, but let's try and... Oh, boss, a... don't forget you got a dinner engagement tonight. Yes, I know, I know. A dinner engagement? Where are you going, Jack? Oh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman invited me to dinner tonight. They live right next door, you know. You invited to the Coleman's? Yes, what's so strange about that? We've been neighbors for about 12 years. Of course, for a while, my... Success in pictures sort of came between us. <laughs> the, um, Coleman wanted the lead in the horn blows at midnight, but they, they gave it to me. It has to do with Jack uh, uh, misinterpreting a dinner invitation, and he show, shows up at the Coleman's house for dinner. And, and by the way, I, I wanted to I wanted to share something with you here. Um, in Leonard Malton's book, The Great American Broadcast, he has some great stories about the Jack Benny Show. Particularly, I wanted to uh, draw attention to what he had to say about the Coleman's, Ronald Coleman and his wife Benita Hume, being introduced to the Benny Show. He says over the course of several decades, various gag ideas came in and out of vogue on the Jack Benny program. But some became constant, like Benny's dilapidated Maxwell car. In 1945, the show booked Ronald Coleman and his wife Benita Hume as guest stars and expanded on the notion, often mentioned on the air but never dramatized, that they lived next door to Jack, which was fictitious in real life. They didn't live next door to Jack. It just became a gag on the show. Well, the gag paid off so well, and the Coleman's had such a good time that they became regular guests several times a season. One day in a bull session, now, <laughs> now this is great. You got to listen to this. One day in a bull session, the writers hatched an idea about Jack walking to the drugstore and stopping by to pick up the lid of the Coleman's garbage can <laughs> to see what was <laughs> to see what what they. <laughs> what they had in their garbage. Everyone thought it was a funny idea, but George Balzer said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, we've got to be realistic. If Jack is heading to the drugstore, why would he go toward the Coleman's house? He would be walking in the other direction. Another writer protested that the house would in fact be on the way to Sunset Boulevard where the drugstore would be. After several minutes of arguing, the writers stopped and realized two things. First, this was radio, and they could do whatever they darn well pleased. 
And second, they had invented the entire situation in the first place. Well, just this morning, I heard Mr. Benny shouting at that ballot of his. Um, what's the ballot's name again? Oh, you know, um, it's the same as a city in England. Uh, Liverpool? No, no, uh, Manchester. Oh, yes, yes, Manchester, yes. Anyway, Mr. Benny was shouting at All right, well, that's enough talk. What we are going to present now is perhaps my favorite uh, old-time radio comedy, and the Jack Benny Show had so many bits, but of all of them, my favorite is uh, his relationship with Ronald Coleman and Benita Hume. So here is the very first time they were on the show, December 9th, 1945. The Jack Benny Program. Program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Larry Stevens, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, last Sunday, Steve Bradley, Jack Benny's press agent, forced Jack into having a contest. You listeners were asked to write in letters completing this simple sentence. I can't stand Jack Benny because... And believe me, folks, the letters have been pouring in. (laughs) So let's go out to Jack's house in Beverly Hills where the whole gang is helping Jack open the mail. Hmm, just look at all those letters. I don't know why I let Steve Bradley force me into this contest. It's only been on a week. I bet I've received over a million insults already. (laughs) Jack, stop exaggerating. You haven't even received half a million insults. I have, too. Oh, don't be so egotistical. (laughs) Never mind, Phil. Just keep sorting those letters. (laughs) Mary, what are you laughing at? Here's a letter from a lady right here in Los Angeles. A letter from a lady? What does she say? She says, um, I can't stand Jack Benny because he's got the only house in Beverly Hills without mice. If they can't stand him, how can I? (laughs) She just made that up. My house is full of mice. Oh, there. I won't give her a prize, believe me. Well, Mr. Benny, here's a letter from Senator Claghorn. Senator Claghorn? Yeah, he's on Fred Allen's program. Oh. What does the senator say, Larry? He says, I can't stand... I say I can't stand Jack Benny because he's so corny when he sits down to dinner, he butters his ears. <laughs> hmm. His ears, that is. <laughs> what? That's a joke, son. Now, wait a minute. You're letting them get past you tonight. Now cut that out. <laughs> I don't care anything about him. About him, that is. <laughs> now let's let's open. Hey, some Jackson, more. look, here's a letter from a guy who likes you. Likes me? Yeah. Jack, have you been writing in? <laughs> no, I haven't, and don't be funny. You know, there are people who like me. Go ahead, Phil. Read that letter. Okay. Now where's the place? Oh, here it is. I think Jack Benny is the most big-hearted man I know. Big-hearted? Yeah, see? Phil, that's pig-headed. <laughs> I had to tell him yet. Oh, Rochester. Yes, boss? Are you reading any of the contest mail? Yeah, lots of it. Good. You know, boss, two more letters, and I'll be convinced that I'm working for the wrong man. <laughs> Now, wait a minute, Rochester. A lot of these letters are very nice. Of course they are. Listen to this one. 
I can't stand Jack Benny because he's such a spendthrift. See? Read that again, Mary. I can't stand Jack Benny because he's such a spendthrift. Signed, Sandy McGregor. <laughs> And there's three cents due on it. Three cents due. That guy's tighter than Don Wilson in an armchair. Now, kid, we've been all working pretty... Uh, uh, Hello, Polly. Hello, hello. Now, kids, I know we've been working pretty hard, but let's try and... Oh, boss, don't forget you got a dinner engagement tonight. Yes, I know, I know. A dinner engagement? Where are you going, Jack? Oh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman invited me to dinner tonight. They live right next door, you know. You invited to the Coleman's? Yes, what's so strange about that? We've been neighbors for about 12 years. Of course, for a while, my success in pictures sort of came between us. <laughs> see, um, Coleman wanted the lead in The Horn Blows at Midnight, but they, they gave it to me. You see, at his age, they uh, didn't want him to stay up that late. <laughs> What are you giggling about? <laughs> I saw the picture, and you should have gone to bed earlier, too. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Can't stand Jack Benny. <laughs> Polly, you can't enter the contest. You're a relative. <laughs> anyway, Mary, I better hurry. If uh, Ronnie and Benita took the trouble of sending me an invitation, I don't want to keep them waiting. Hey, Jackson, look, you mean they sent you an invitation and they live right next door? Well, that's the dignified thing to do. You know, I think that dignified stuff is put on the way Coleman keeps giving out with that phony English accent. What are you talking about? Ronald Coleman's English accent isn't phony. It isn't, huh? Well, I happen to know that he was born in London. <laughs> Bill, Bill, where do you think London is? It's right near Waxahachie, Texas. <laughs> Phil, I know about the London and Texas, but it so happens that now, see, now there's a London in England. Oh, Lend Lease, huh? <laughs> yes, we get it back in 1956. What a guy. Say, Jack, I'd like to see that invitation you got from the Coleman. It's right here in my pocket. And I wish Rochester would be a little more careful with the mail. Fortunately, I found it lying out on the back porch. Uh, let me see it. Here, here it is. Hmm. Dear Jack, glad to know you are safely back in America. Benita and I would love to have you for cocktails and dinner Sunday evening. We'll expect you around 8, Ronald Coleman. There you are. But what does he mean, back in America? My trip, my trip overseas last summer. Oh, yeah, I still can't understand it. Say, boss, you better start getting dressed. It's 7.15. All right, Rochester, lay out my clothes. Okay, do you want your tuxedo or your tweed, twill, garbadine, herringbone, serge, Palm Beach, flannel, plaid, corduroy, worsted? Well, uh... Jack, I didn't know you had so many suits. It's all one suit. One suit? Yeah, Taylor was here, left his book of samples, and Mr. Benny hates to see anything go to waste. Rochester. Hey, Jackson, if you wear that suit, you'll look like the man who came to dinner and got a lot of it on you. Don't worry about it. Rochester, the Coleman's always dressed for dinner, so lay out my tuxedo. Boss, you better not wear that tuxedo. It's awful tight on you. Never mind, I'm going to wear it anyway. Okay, but if you bend over, you're going to have a white Christmas. <laughs> I'll be careful. 
Now, uh, go in the other room and lay out my clothes. Okay, which shirt do you want to wear? The plain one or the one that lights up and spells L-S-M-F-T? <laughs> the, uh, the plain white one tonight. That's good. The battery's down in the other one, isn't it? <laughs> well, I have to go through just to get dressed for a dinner engagement. Come in. Oh, hello, Don. Hello, Jack. How's the contest going? Fine, fine. Come on in, Don. And... Say, what's that sticking out behind you? An armchair. I couldn't get it off this morning. <laughs> oh, then I was right. <laughs> Jack, uh, how about the contest? <laughs> have you really been getting a lot of mail? Oh, certainly. You ought to see some of the letters, Don. People have so many reasons why they can't stand Jack, and we haven't even heard from Mama yet. <laughs> Your mother can't be in it. <laughs> Well, I gotta go and get dressed, kids. Where are you going, Jack? I'm invited to Ronald Coleman's house for dinner. You are? Well, what's so surprising about that? I've been invited to the best homes in Beverly Hills. Only last week I was a guest at Gary Cooper's birthday party. If you were a guest, why did you have to wait on tables? I... I just did that for a gag. A gag, huh? Then why did the guests put tips under their plates? They did that for a gag, too. Then why did you keep the tips? I can go along with a gag, sir. <laughs> now, you kids finish sorting the mail. I gotta run upstairs and get dressed. Come on, Rochester. These trousers are a little tight. How do I look in my tuxedo, Rochester? Fine, boss, fine. I wonder if... Oh, darn it, I dropped my glove. Don't bend over. I'll get him. I'll get him. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, thanks. Boss, you better get going. It's 8 o'clock. Uh, no, Rochester, I think I'll be five minutes late. It'll make a better impression on the Coleman. I'll bet that Ronnie and Benita are more nervous than I am. <laughs> Where are you? Right here in the library, Benita. Hey, darling, shouldn't you be dressed? You know, we're having a guest for dinner. A guest tonight? Who? Well, you remember? Jack. Jack Wellington from London. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I forgot. <laughs> Good old Wellington. Then you did mail him the note I wrote. No, I couldn't find the note anywhere. I think it must have blown out of the window. Well, I phoned him instead. He'll be here any minute. Why, oh, splendid, splendid. Well, aren't you going to dress? Oh, no, no, not for Wellington. No, this turtleneck sweater is all right. He likes informality. Oh, well, then I won't bother either. I said, look, could you come and help me choose the wine for dinner? Yes, in a, in a moment, dear, as soon as I finish this letter. Now, let me see. I can't stand Jack Benny because... <laughs> You're not entering that silly contest, are you? Oh, I certainly am. But, Ronnie, why? Well, I don't particularly dislike Jack Benny under normal conditions, but... But for victory bonds, it's not too difficult. <laughs> but, darling, he's our next-door neighbor. Well, I know. Well, think of the advantage that gives us. All the other people just hear him on the radio. 
But we can look out of our window and get enough reasons to win all the prizes. I suppose you're right. Well, just this morning, I heard Mr. Benny shouting at that ballot of his. Um, what's the ballot's name again? Oh, you know, um, it's the same as a city in England. Uh, Liverpool? No. Uh, no. Uh, Manchester. Oh, yes, yes, Manchester, Manchester. yes. Anyway, Mr. Benny was shouting at the top of his voice about his coffee being weak, and Manchester was shouting back something about he'd been telling him for years that you were only supposed to use the coffee grounds once. (laughs) That's a promotion. Yes, I've heard some of those sessions. But they're mild when you compare them to the ones of that Phil Harris fellow. Phil Harris? Yes, the way he comes up the sidewalk every morning yelling, Okay, Jackson, don't be a mug. Harris is here, so bring out the judge. <laughs> what a remarkable fellow. Doesn't he, uh, does he have some connection with Jack Benny's program? Oh, yes. I understand he leads the orchestra. Oh, he's a musician. No, no. He just leads the orchestra. <laughs> I beg your pardon, Mr. Coleman? Uh, yes, Sherwood? Uh, Mr. Jack Wellington has arrived. Oh, good, good. Oh, come on, Ronnie. Hello, Jack! Wellington, old boy. Hello, Ronnie. Benita. It's so nice of you to have me over for dinner. I came direct from the tennis court. I hope you don't mind my being in just slacks and a slipover. No, of course not. We hate formality. Uh, tell me, Benita, what are all those mailbags doing in front of the house next door? Oh, that's Jack Benny's house. He's running a contest. Jack Benny? Isn't that the fellow that's on the wireless? Yes. <laughs> you know, I just can't stand him. He's Wait, so... wait, wait. Don't say it. Don't waste it. Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> That's the contest. Now, we'll tell you about it later. <laughs> you Americans do have a peculiar sense of humor. <laughs> well, come on, Ronnie. Get behind the bar and mix us a cocktail. All right. Uh, I beg your pardon, Mr. Coleman. Yes, Sherwood? There's a, a gentleman at the door to see you, sir. Here's his card. His card? Huh. Jack Benny, star of stage, screen, and radio. <laughs> and will sing, Oh, Promise Me at Wedding. <laughs> But Jack Benny here? Well, what in the world could he possibly want? Maybe it's about his lawnmower. Remember you borrowed it? Yes, but I returned it. Well, maybe he wants to give, uh, give you back the deposit you left on it. <laughs> well, Sherwood, look, tell him I'll call later and uh, we'll have a, we have a guest for dinner. Uh, but Mr. Coleman, he said that you were expecting him for dinner. For dinner? Benita, did you invite Jack Benny for dinner? No. Are you sure you didn't? I'm positive. I say, Ronnie, is this the eccentric chap you were telling me about that's having the contest? Yes. Well, his coming here is obviously a mistake, but we may as well make the best of an awkward situation. Uh, Sherwood, show Mr. Benny in and uh, then set another place for dinner. Very good, sir. Follow me, Mr. Benny. Uh, Thank you, thank you. May I take your hat, sir? No, no, this is the collapsible type. I just fold it up and put it in my pocket. (laughs) As you wish, sir. Well, well. Hello, Ronnie, Benita. 
Uh, hello, Jack. Uh, come in. Yes, yes. Come in. We're just about to have a cocktail. Uh, Mr. Benny, this is our friend Jack Wellington. Pleased to meet you, old chap. Well, I didn't expect anyone else to be here, but that's just like the Coleman. Always room for one more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Ronnie. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, sir. Well, the cocktails are ready. A toast. Benita, your health. Wellington, happy days. Benny, good luck. (laughs) Too hard. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, I... I didn't mean to break the glass. Though. Oh, and that set was 150 years old. Well, I'm glad I didn't break any of your new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just sit here and read a magazine while you three go and dress. <laughs> I'll wait. Huh? Oh, no, no. Jack, old boy, this is just an informal gathering. Oh, oh. Uh, Mr. Wellington, uh, you're from England, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am, old fellow. Yeah, tell me, Wellington, how are things over there? Well, it's very exciting right now, getting things going again, especially recently with the new elections and all. Yes, I'd love to get away to England if my schedule would permit. I'd like to be there in the spring. Yes, at that time of the year, everything's so beautiful, especially the Thames. Yes, the jolly old Thames. I always take them whenever my stomach's upset. <laughs> Very good, you know. Benita, are you sure you didn't invite him? I'm positive, darling. Oh, Benita, I remember your suggesting that I reread Charles Darwin's Origin of Species. I found it even more elevating on the second reading. That's true in so many cases. I've just reread the H.G. Wells' Anatomy of Frustration. Oh, I'm rather a dull scholar. I'm just starting on the outline of history for the first time. Uh, have any of you noticed the frightful mess little orphan Annie's in? <laughs> Poor little blighter. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yup. Why they bring Alabama? Yes, sir. Yup. You said it. Uh, pardon me, but uh, uh, dinner is served. Thank you, Sherwood. Come <laughs> along, let's go into the dining room. Okay. No, no, Mr. Benny, you're not supposed to take my arm. Oh, oh. I say, Benny, old boy, you don't take my arm either. <laughs> well, I fell as I ought to take somebody's arm. <laughs> well, here we are in the dining room. Ah, chow. <laughs> let's sit down. Boy, that was a swell dinner. Uh, Mr. Benny, excuse me, but the way you're teetering from side to side, is that chair uncomfortable? No, no, the chair's fine. It's all my fault, silly me. I forgot to take the mothballs out of my pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir, that certainly was a wonderful meal. Yes, sir. Well, 
It's getting kind of late. Oh, my goodness, I didn't realize what time it was. Ah, yes, it is getting rather late. It's only 9.30. <laughs> yes, sir. Yup. <laughs> that time marches on. Yes, sir. Yup. <laughs> I better be running along. Time for me to go home. Uh, good night, Mr. Wellington. Very happy to have met you. Good night, old boy. And with my luck, we'll probably meet again. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Uh, good night, Benita and Ronnie. I had a lovely time. Thanks so much for inviting me. Oh, you're very welcome, I'm sure. Yes, we were happy to have you. Thank you. I'll show you to the door, Jack. Thank you, thank you. Well, good night, Ronnie, old boy. I had a swell time. Say, I'm awfully sorry about Wellington. Wellington? What do you mean? Oh, I know you're loyal to your friends, but isn't it awful the way a guy like him can throw a damper on a party? <laughs> you know, Jack, there's a lot of truth in what you say. <laughs> you're telling me, huh? Well, goodbye. I'm not out yet. Oh, oh. Good night, Ronnie. Good night. Gee, they're nice people, the Coleman. That Wellington seems to be a nice chap, too. Can't understand him just dropping in uninvited. Oh, well. Oh, darn it, I dropped my gloves. Hmm. Can it be the breeze that fills the trees? Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman for appearing on my program, and I would also like... Oh, just a minute, Jack. I've got to read this announcement about the contest. Oh, for heaven's sake. Ladies and gentlemen, the contest is still on. Prizes totaling $10,000 in victory bonds will be awarded for the letters containing the best stated and most convincing reasons. Just complete this simple sentence, I can't stand Jack Benny because... Oh. In 50 words or less, and mail your letter to the Jack Benny Contest, Hollywood 28, California. Added to our board of judges will be Goodman Ace of Easy Aces and Peter Lorre. Him I can't stand. And the supreme and final judge will be the Honorable Fred Allen. Him I can't stand either. The contest will end at midnight, December 24th. The decision of the judges will be final, and all letters become the property of Jack Benny, including the rights to publish. This contest is open to everybody except the employees of the American Tobacco Company, its agents, and the National Broadcasting Company. It is also subject to all federal and state laws and regulations. Ladies and gentlemen, during this week, the USO Camp Shows will celebrate its fourth anniversary. I'm sure all of us know that uh, what USO Camp Shows meant to our men and women overseas. Just the other day, I was glad to learn that there are more units overseas now than ever before, and they'll continue sending their shows as long as our men are over there. I was privileged to wear the USO Camp Shows uniform for three overseas trips, and I know all the people in the entertainment field, as well as those who are not, 
congratulate USO Camp Shows on its fourth anniversary. Thank you and good night, everybody. National Broadcasting Company. That was the first time that Ronald and Benita Coleman appeared on the Jack Benny Show. That was on December the 9th, 1945. Funny, funny stuff. One of the reasons the Benny Show was so successful is they had great writers, and writers loved working for Jack Benny. First of all, he really took care of them. They were well compensated, and uh, even when negotiating his contract, he would always give a lot of consideration to his writers. So that was important. The second thing is he was a big fan of what his writers wrote, and he would not hesitate to uh, tell them that. Apparently, Benny was in life very generous, a very generous man, and he would uh, heap praise on his writers, and he would try to give them as much recognition as he could. Here's an example of this. And I'm going to be paraphrasing here from from one of John Dunning's books. George Balzer came to work as a writer on The Benny Show in 1943, and he joined a staff that was already very close-knit. Balzer soon learned what the other writers already knew, that one of the bonuses of working for Jack Benny was that he was such a great audience. No one broke up more or more easily. Balzer remembers an incident early in his tenure with The Benny Show. Jack comes to this spot in the script, and he says, uh, Fellas, on page six, I, I want a new joke. Well, we don't say anything. So he says, um, Something a little stronger. Silence. I want something that kind of buttons up that whole page there and, and pays it off. Silence. i got to have something better than what we've got there. And finally, I leaned over and I said, Jack, we'll get you a new joke. And he says, oh, you agree with me, huh? And I said, no, but it's possible that the four of us could be wrong. And I'll tell you, he looked at me and literally slid off the chair, sat there in the corner, and he's screaming with laughter. He was screaming. He finally got up and he said, I wouldn't change that joke now for a million dollars. And he didn't. Well, I have a treat for you. Next week, we are going to do another Benny show with Ronald Coleman and Benita Hume. And then we'll start peppering them in over the the weeks ahead. We won't do a Benny show every week, but we're going to do one next week. And there was another really, really funny episode. And then uh, we'll get into some of the other ones. Where, Well, for instance, there's the famous one where uh, Jack Benny borrows Ronald Coleman's Oscar right after he wins for Best Actor. Going out tonight, I thought I would play one of the top songs from 1945 and uh, invite you to come back tomorrow for uh, one of our best old-time radio dramas. Well, this is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me.
mental journey Gonna set my heart at ease Gonna make a sentimental journey To renew old memories Got my bag, got my reservation Spent each time I could afford Like a child in wild anticipation Long to hear that all aboard Seven, that's the time we leave at seven I'll be waiting up at heaven Counting every mile of railroad track That takes me back Never thought my heart could be so yearning Why did I decide to roam? Gotta take that sentimental journey Sentimental journey home